Hey everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by Iron Company. Uh, Today we're not talking about training for a bodybuilding show, a powerlifting meet, or an upcoming season. Today we're discussing training for life, being ready for anything. So we recently published an article on Iron Company from Jim Steele that addresses training for life, and um, we thought it would make for interesting uh, conversation and discussion. So, um, Jim, what are some scenarios where someone must be physically ready for, for anything? I'll say? give you an example. Uh, I was in Baltimore. Uh, <laughs> are we all right? I was in Baltimore with my, my son visiting a, a friend at, the, at a hospital there. This was, uh, I guess, about eight, ten months ago. And on my way out of the hospital, I had a guy. He was obviously, um, you know, something was something was going wrong with him. And I don't know if he was on drugs or what, but approached me to fight me, you know, just just out of the blue. It was me and my 13-year-old. This guy wanted to, wanted to fight me, and he got separated from me and all that. But he was one step away from being right on top of me, you know. So my thoughts are always... Yeah, it's good to train for specific events and things like that, but to, to be ready for anything, that would that would be a situation where I got lucky, but where I would have had to been ready to anything, to fight, to get away, to, you know, yeah. um, to, to be able to have the endurance to throw more than three or four punches, you know, that kind of thing. Let's, um, but more specifically, um, well, yeah, I got some scenarios we can talk about at, towards the end too, but uh, like being ready for anything, an occupation – uh, like, you know, being a first responder. Yeah, uh, first responder, yeah. You got to be ready for military. We're always talking about the military. Right. Uh, just being in your own home. I mean, look, you could have a natural disaster. We're, we're in California, I am. You could have an earthquake and you got to, you know, bust out of your house after it's fallen down or whatever. Public, look at all the crazy stuff that's going on in public nowadays. Yeah. I mean, that you see on the news. Uh, on the road, road rage. I don't even like to drive anymore, hardly, on the freeway. I, should just, I used to drive for a living. It has gotten so crazy out there. Yeah. So there's just all sorts of things. So it really does help to be ready for, for anything, physically, mentally. Uh, but today we're talking about the, the, physical, the physical aspect of it. Uh, one thing that ties into this, you know, Marty just wrote an article, too, uh, called roll out of bed strength. Yeah, it's great. Which is a, a pretty cool angle on on strength because yeah. we often don't think about this because most of the time we're all going to the gym doing our warm ups. You know, it's all it, it's all um, you know laid out and we know what we're going to do. But what about the natural strength? Just jumping out of bed. How much could you bench press? Just jumping out of bed. How much could you squat? How much could you deadlift? How strong are you really, you know, right. in case of an, an emergency, being ready for anything? Um, Marty, do you, that was a real interesting uh, article that you wrote. It's up on the, the website now. Like I said, it's called Roll Out of Bed Strength. Can you get in a little deeper on that concept? Well, it's sort of a dumb analogy, you know, roll out of bed strength. But it was just sort of a way to get <clears throat> people's attention. What percentage of your 100% strength you have instantly available. But that's a mouthful, right? Yeah. 
so it's easier just to say, hey, how strong are you rolling out of bed? You know, if you can, mm. <clears throat> if you can bench 250, well, if you, it doesn't have to be get out of bed. It could be walking around and somebody says, hey, get out on the bench. What can you bench? Can you mm. bench half of that? <clears throat> can you bench 125? Well, probably, right? The, the example in the article, who, who's, who was squatting? George. George, George Hector. Hector. Right. You know what's even more impressive to me? Now, that was super impressive, but. Doug in Hawaii, when you were there, that's the that's the ultimate in uh, walking over to the bar. What's on there? You know, what was it? It was like 800, 800 wasn't it? Yeah. 800. Yeah. He was in the uh, warm-up and just walking around. Well, I think, let me see, 655, 7, uh, 655, 745. I, actually, I think it was 785. Okay. And then he went to something else. Well, then he put on his, uh, let me see, he had his straps down. Did he? I don't think he had a belt. He might have had a belt. If the, he had a belt, the straps in the suit were over top yeah. of it. And his, so, his, his shoes were untied. Just tell them what we're talking about real quick. <laughs> They're going to yeah. be lost. But it's, well, anyway, I mean, it was just, and he just, whatever, just one of the warm-ups. And he just hit it. And it was For just, no, and so, hey, no problem. And the uh, example that I give in the story was I was walking, uh, we were at the Potomac Open. God, I guess yeah. this was in 1980 or something. And George wasn't lifting, I wasn't lifting, we were, but we were handling lifters. So <clears throat> he's there on there. There's a break after the squat, so we're walking to the back of the auditorium, you know, to get a drink or some smoke or something, you know. And uh, so we're going through the warm-up room, and there's somebody's bar is left loaded to, you know, 495, you know, yeah. uh, five plates on each side. So George is like wearing, I don't know, penny loafers and jeans or something, you know, and a flannel shirt. And he just walks over and he just unwraps it and he steps back and I don't know, he does four or five something, just puts it back and just off he goes. I'm like, God damn. Um, and so I walked up and I said, George, I said, you know, we could spot you or something. He goes, Jesus Christ, Marty, it was only 500. Yeah, 60% <laughs> of his max. That's nothing. Yeah, 50%. He, oh, and uh, I think... Uh, like six weeks later, he squatted 950 at the Potomac Open. Wow. Right. Maryland. And crushed it. And crushed it. And should have t- taken a fourth. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, and I got to, that's what got me thinking about it, because it's only 500, Marty. Well, it's 50% of his max. So right. it's like, well, you know what? 50% ain't no big damn deal, is it? Of anybody's max. Yeah. If you're any, in any kind of shape. Uh, I don't know if, uh, again, if you can deadlift 400, good Lord, can't you deadlift 200 without a warm up? That's 50%. Yeah, right. Should be able to. Right. Oh, can my you, God. Yeah. Can you do 300? Yeah. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Now we're at what? 75%. Can you do 350 without a warm up? Oh, now you're like at what? 85% capacity. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think the. I think the more experienced an athlete you are, the greater percentage you will have in ready, readily. Well, you know, you're right. And it reminds me of uh, the story you tell about James Hollywood Henderson. And, you know, when he would sit in the audience before a meet, he'd have his tracksuit on and he'd be just jiving with the audience, you know, having a good time. And, they would call his name. Oops, time for me to go up and bench, right? And he'd start off yeah. with what, 600? 660. 660, no warm up. No warm up. With a pause. 
Oh, yeah. We're, oh, look, the strictest, <laughs> in a t-shirt. The, in the a t-shirt. strictest competition in the world. Yes. This is the, this is the you dead stop pausing on your chest, and you've got to have your arms locked out. And he had no shirt. Now, he was, you know, he was right up there with the top five biggest human beings I've ever seen in my life, right? He's a big boy. He was huge. Uh, but he would routinely go 660, 680, 700. Thank you very much. See you later. You never got the impression that he was ever straining. I don't think I ever saw him miss a lift. No. Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't remember him ever missing a lift. But anyway, that's the right. that you know that's a, an extreme example. Yeah. Um. So yeah, what are you capable of with without a warm up? I have a. It doesn't have to be a, a one rep max expression either. In fact, it probably shouldn't be. Uh, but I have like a set of dumbbells on my deck outside. So every time I can walk out there and like, I don't know, grab a pair of fifties and go, all right, how many of these can I do without a warm up? I don't know. Can I get 14? You know know what I mean? And I'll work against that or maybe I'll move to 55s or sixties. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I'll, I'll, I'll be able to walk out onto that deck and pick up a pair of bells and do a high rep set and not hurt myself. And then push that up over time. And at the end of it, you know, you're pushing whatever, 80s for five without a warm up. Yeah. Well, that's good shit, right? Now, do you do that multiple times during the day? Yeah, yeah. Anytime you walk by, you should just stop and do a set, right? Uh-huh. It's like, oh, my penalty for walking by. <laughs> so that reminds <laughs> me of Joe Kinney, the first guy to close the number four gripper. Uh, he was a mountain man in, in Tennessee. I mean, and he's not big at all, maybe 170, something like that. Oh, yeah. But he built between two trees. He used trees as his squat rack, and he put uh, flywheels on the ends yeah. of them and made like yeah. a safety squat bar. And every time he went to the machi- machine shop, which was yeah. all the time, 335 was on there all the time. Yeah. He would do a set of five, something yeah. like that, you know. He would yeah. say, hey, you pay the price, you know, you pay your penance, you know. Yeah. It's a good, good mustache, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the, supposedly Paul Anderson had a uh, golf hole on his farm. Right. And, you know, I don't know, like, four, let's say it was 300 yards. And he had a, uh, you could tee off and a putting green at each end. So he could go 300 yards one way and 300 yards back. And, he had a lifting platform at each end and now this is Terry Todd telling this story okay. and on one platform it was 400 pounds for overhead pressing and the other platform was 800 pounds for squatting and Paul as relaxation would golf back and forth between the holes all afternoon and each time he you know drive you know what you know whatever hit up to the whole putt out he did a set with 800 in the squat and the other way a set of 400 <laughs> with the overhead press and he said todd said he'd go all afternoon so he said he was getting in his lifting his cardio he's weighing 350 yeah and uh you know that's sort of the same kind of strength it's like all right yeah every time you walk past the uh, i have a small barbell on the deck too and it's like uh, you know there are a lot of crazy exercises you can do that make lightweights really heavy like curls yeah right 
I mean, if you got 150 pounds, you're set for your curls, right? I hope so. Yeah, I, overhead press. I like to do the overhead press, right? So I, I do the clean and the overhead press. And uh, I've got a little, little you know, it's uh, less than 200 on the deck, right? Right. So Jim, Jim that, and I were thinking just do it. every time you walk by no warm up, you know, you don't get the warm up. That's not about yeah. that. It's about just what can you jump in at? I guarantee that's a quick way to put on some size too, man. Well, yeah. And that's Jim and I were thinking about, you know, we had this discussion the other day. We're going to put a, a dumbbell rack and a bench in front of the fridge. Yeah. Yes. So you know, that's at least seven, <laughs> eight times a day. We're going to be getting some work done. Well, Jim, what was in your article, man? Well, I, I did. I, I have so damn busy with my own stuff. I didn't have time. Yeah, to uh, what was the premise? What was going on? The with premise it? is that it's good to. It's always great to train for competition, but you can't lose the fact that you got to be ready for life situations. Well, okay. Well, what what would specifically well, it, do you do to do that? Right. So I provided a template with that. So that you know, I have the Olympic lifts in there, and then I got the power well, lifts in there. We're going through it. I mean, what are we doing? Walk us through. Well, it's not that much different than what we usually normally do. However, <laughs> I've adjusted the percentages and I added the Olympic list, which, you know, we don't usually do. But the, uh, you know, we got plyos in there with box jumps and you got cleans. And so the, the weight training is designed to you're going to be strong, but you're going to move that bar really fast, too. You know, you're going to be mm -hmm. still in that 80 to 90 percent range like we always are. But, uh, you know, emphasis on bar speed, emphasis on accelerating out of the hole, um, you know, and right. some explosive movements push press snatch clean jerk yeah, things yeah, like yeah. that are all part of that and i added the conditioning and the martial arts in there also and how that should be set up well what is the conditioning what is the martial arts well i think with the the conditioning you know and and now we train the best guys in the world and none of those guys run any distance at all <laughs> i think they're very concerned from what talking to them all the time is in their anaerobic conditioning right where they can go further and further at full speed or close to full speed with all that stuff all over their bodies, um, you know, and before they get exhausted, you know, to push that lungs burning, legs burning, that lactic acid buildup to push well, that. What do, you, further. what do you do? What do you do to improve that? Well, my, my what favorite kind of, what kind of drills, right? Hill sprints, hill sprints, stadium sprints. How anything. far, how far are you running up the hill, man? Well, what I do, well, you got to have at least 20 yards, I would think. 20 but, yards. Okay. And, and how many reps? Well, you, I, I like to do it for time. You try to beat your reps in time. So the first day, let's see how many you can do in 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah, let's see how many. How many? Then we're going to try to beat that. Minutes. That's a lot of reps. How many would that be? How many are you doing in 10 minutes? Uh, college athlete, man, they can do a bunch of reps, man. They can do right. probably close to 15 to 18, probably something like that, on right. a stadium. Uh, I guess that's around 30 yards up. I don't know. I'm not very good at that. But uh, – you know, but that's that way. If you say do it for time, then it doesn't matter really how long it is. You know what I mean? So if I if you're yeah. training people across the country, do your hill sprints for time, do your stadium run stadium runs for time. You know, try to beat your reps, and then you start to lower the reps after a couple of weeks, and try to beat that. You know, and keep beating. No, it. no, no. I don't know. Lower, lower the time. Lower the time. Yeah. Or okay, okay. Improving the time. Yeah. I would start oh, out. I would. I would start out with uh, how many reps can you do in. Five minutes, you know, like with an untrained athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you work up from there, but you but yeah. you you can do both. You, you establish both. you establish the intensity, 
Yeah. And then increase the duration. Yeah. I think that's what I usually do. I think mm-hmm. I misspoke. I think that's what I usually do. Um, yeah. And then for the, you know, um, some, some anaerobic other, you know, if you don't have access to that, which you should, but I have gassers on there, for instance, you got to find, you know, get a football field, go 10 yards, go back to the goal line, go 20 yards, go back to the goal line, go 30 yards, go back to the goal line, 40 back to the goal line, sprint through. Now that's, you know, you should, you could doing that full speed you know, you only can get a couple reps in um, and you try to add reps, but you know, it's the intensity of the whole thing. And that's where you're pushing that anaerobic threshold. Well, yeah. Yeah. And again, uh, yeah, that's what I do. I love the, I love all out sprinting, but I limit myself to 10 and it's with me. That is, that's a a good amount. Um, but with me that it's unlike the kids can use the jackrabbit start. I mean, they can just burn rubber coming right out. I I can't do that or I get a hamstring pull. Mm-hmm. So whatever the distance is, for the first bit, I work up to 50%. For the second bit, now, I, now I'm up to 80%. And then I hit the accelerator. Yeah. And I'll get to 100%. And it's like, okay, now how long can I hold it here? <laughs> right. 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 How long can I hold it here? And I got enough, I got enough space that, and the goal is over time to be able to, to get to a hundred percent and then increase that duration of being able to stay there. Right. And it ain't much. I mean, if you can last five seconds going all out, everything you have, you're, uh, yeah. Now younger, you know, younger, fitter people are going to be able to have much more extended versions of that. But, Oh, I'll say reread the Charlie Francis book, speed trap. That is worth a, a reread if you haven't seen that in a while. But uh, anyway, not to get too far off. So you're combining the anaerobic with cardio and with the explosive progressive resistance. And w- any kind of diet at angle? Well, I didn't really touch on that because it gets to be so uh, – people have so much – you know, they, they just – it's a pain in the ass, the whole diet thing. You know, I, I, know. I would think that – We that, all know that you should I, take, you know, the protein thing. But then you get in that situation where you're not sure. You know, I don't know about me. To me, I would sync it up with a a lean out phase. Yeah. You're doing a lot of a lot of high intensity. I would like not a lot of not a lot of negatives either. No, that's right. You won't be that sore. But, you know, so so why don't you go lighter and leaner and and sync it up with almost like a bodybuilding cut down phase in terms of the nutrition? Yeah, you can keep the protein up, keep the fiber up, but just reduce the starch. You know, you know the refined sh- stuff's got to go anyway. Yeah. Now, I like, you know, the carb cycling or zigzag diet where you're going to eat for what you're going to do that day. Right. When you're not, then, you know, you drop the carbs, some keep the fats up. Starve. Um, starve. You know, a whole nother, you know, make a huge article. Like that. Um, yeah, you know what I was too. just thinking about when you were talking about doing those sprints back on them fire trails? When I used to uh, play football, I would go back in the woods behind my house. There's 100 acres behind my house. And there was a, a hill that I call throw-up hill. Yep. If you could make it up to like three or four without throwing up, you were yep. real fan. And the Jim. best thing about it was it was sand and uh, gravel yeah. and rocks yeah. and all that. And I would go back there with my dog and run throw-up hill. And, and you're, I'm not allowed to walk down. And it was tough to walk down because oh. of 
Not allowed to walk down. As soon as you got to the bottom, uh, a little brook right there where my dog would be laying there drinking, and I would get right to the brook and go right back up again. And, man, let me tell you about some burning. But then when I got to football practice after doing throw-up hill all, all summer, it was nothing. Exactly. You know, I was ready for anything. Exactly. You know? Jimmy, I got throw-up hill for you when you yeah. come to visit. Oh, um, I bet, man. That's mad. I'm serious. I got one, man. It is 900 feet at – probably a, I don't know, 20 degree angle. Right. And, but it's, it's nice. I mean, it's like a golf course. So, um, when you tumble and trip on your way down, you roll. Yeah. Which is nice. Right. Yeah. Marty, how many rounds you doing on that hill? <laughs> I don't do the hill. <laughs> you don't do the hill? No. no I do. You're just going to have Jim do it. Actually, I'm I'm doing a slight decline on my sprints, Jim. I like so, that. and it's on grass, so yeah. it's like overspeed. I can actually go faster than I'm. Frank Costello. Oh, Frank. did he say that? Did he have something like that going? Yeah, Costello brought that back from Russia when they went on that trip. No kidding. Yeah, I thought yeah. I had invented that. Well, you probably did. Well, in my mind, I did. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah. If I, it's this beautiful downhill carpeted grass and it's just you just go and it's a slight decline yeah. and by the end of it you are literally running faster than you are capable of yeah that was what the a, big what thing a is. sensation right it's like a, yeah. an amusement park ride yeah yeah it's good is stuff it, Mar- marty you- is that out out back out in the uh the woods out behind your house i have a 150 acre farm within four blocks of my house yeah you know, the thing about doing that, too, is, boy, you really got to be careful, don't you? Because the, the ground is so inconsistent, and you got rocks. and Like you know. life. Yeah. Pretty good, Pretty good there. You, your vision fixes six feet ahead of you when you're running right. the trail. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing how that it's like an instinctual. The, the whole thing takes over. It's like a survival thing going downhill fast, man. Well, you're looking for roots, and you're looking for divots, and you're looking for loose rocks. And yeah. this time of year, we, we also look for walnuts. Oh yeah, I was always oh, man. Man. Anyway, back to the originality. It's the 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 roll out of bed, the be ready for anything strength. And I think another way to improve on your your roll out of bed strength is get bigger single rep strength. No question. Right. Five pound bench presser will be able to do two twenty five more than a three hundred pound bench presser. No question. Oh. Or how about the difference between a 400-pound deadlifter and a 500-pound deadlifter? I mean, that's the whole world right there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the expression of one rep strength is important, no question. Yeah, all of a sudden, all of a sudden your, 50, your 50% strength goes up 50 pounds. Right, exactly, exactly. Jim, talk so you need to train both. You need to train some, you know. You know, rep range is for five eight. You need to train some. Oh, more. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think the fives and the eight for reps and the higher stuff that pushes the single up. Yeah. Well, I, I know that works in my deadlift. That always worked when I would hit some high reps once in a while. I would get yep. yeah. Well, you, you put muscle. You put muscle on. You have more muscular horsepower. Um, as far as other conditioning things, you know, consecutive sprints. Um, Anything where anything basically where you can push back, even if it's, you know, I'm not huge on the bike to get ready for life. But if it's all you have at your disposal, you want to do some intervals once in a while. You, you yeah. got to do intervals, though, if you're going to in, in this type of training treadmill, be sprint, you know, sprint as hard as you can for 10 seconds. Jump off. 
sprint as hard, yeah. you know, on the railings, you know, sprint as hard yeah. as you can, you know, jump off. Or you could do a sl- uh, like a, a fart flick run where you where you go s- relatively slow and then speed up because you'll have to do that also, you know, in life. So uh, there's a lot of ways you can play with that type of conditioning. And, and you got to say to yourself, what, what situations am I going to be in or, you know, likely situations? You know, a soldier needs to train a certain way. Um, you know, an overweight guy who's trying to get in shape and, and get to that point needs to train a diff- little different way as far as volume and intensity. So, Jim, um, talk more about incorporating the, the martial arts. Like, you, you're into Muay Thai. So how, explain how you kind of tie that into your weight training and, and everything else you're doing. Right. So first of all, if they've never taken it before, you, you got to find somebody. Um, and fortunately, now there's enough around the country. Uh, find somebody who has fought in the ring Right. And, you know, preferably a pro or former pro or top level, I'm not sure. And then somebody who can who's one of the classes or some of those lessons teach without gloves. Right. And street Muay Thai, which is, you know, some deadly stuff. Um, so that'd be the first thing. And then honestly, you you know, it's great because you have partners and all that stuff. But if you can find a good sparring partner, whether it's at a place or not, somebody who can who knows how to pull off a little bit and not, you know, be wild and crazy and you could work stuff with. I think that's really of utmost importance with the Muay Thai. Uh, you got to get used to getting hit in the face and you got to get used to hitting somebody in the face if you never have, you know. Um, and you incorporate the drills as your cardio. Oh, and it's, listen, Thai pad training is the hardest possible, ask any of the special ops guys. Yeah, it's yeah. the hardest freaking thing you can do in your life. Yeah, and they're, right. swimming, they're swimming seven miles, man. I mean, you know, uh, if, if you go to these these tier one places where we go to, they got two disciplines, jujitsu and Muay Thai, you know, in the martial arts right there. Yeah. And they'll have other people come in. But those are the ones that they know they need, to, you know. Well, they got, uh, uh, that, that's that's where they have guys on staff. Those yeah, two. at all times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. They, have, they have staff guys for the, that are there for Muay Thai and jujitsu. And we know mm-hmm. one that's been there for, God, 10 years. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's yeah. how serious they take it. I've so never the way done. Um, I've never done Muay Thai, but I've done Jiu Jitsu, and what I always really liked about that was the tr- the 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 conditioning is tremendous, especially when you're rolling with the guy and you're practicing oh, your technique yeah. and you know. And I, and I was 300 pounds at the time, and my my instructor was uh, I don't know, but he was probably 160 pounds, kicked my ass all day and night you know doesn't the weight doesn't matter all the weight does is gas you out quicker and that's what i found but um, you should have smothered him with your man boobs yeah (laughs) thanks at 300 i don't have man boobs at 300 he's inferring but 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 i really enjoyed it because it was phenomenal conditioning and at the same time i was learning a skill that really intrigued me. It was really cool. And it's it's funny because you learn something new and you'll go, you know what? That is so simple and so, you know, fluid. And it's just a really, you know, cool to know Log- these. Logical. These, uh, huh? Logical. It is. It's very logical. Yeah, like progression, right? Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. But the, what, this is, I mean, so you get into a serious martial art, you have drills. Right. Okay, and you have drills that that gas you and work your cardiopulmonary system. There's, so there's there, no. there's how you use that to take your strength game to the next level because you become a leaner, fitter dude who can 
subject himself to longer, harder workouts. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it all works together. But you've got to feed the machine. If you starve a machine oh, no that's working that hard, yeah, you will break it. Yeah, I mean, and you know, you know, those MMA fighters, man, they have to train all those disciplines. They are working hard all year like that, man. You mm -hmm. know, and and if they're not good in one discipline, somebody else will be. So it's. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I tell you, well, we won't need to get off another. We don't want to get right, right. too, too far off the topic. But uh, a lot of the MMA drills are, again, so it seems like it, when you get to the highest levels of any art, things get simplified. Right. Yeah. You, and, yeah, you know, like 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 the classic MMA drill. Hey, shoulder a 100 pound heavy bag and run up that hill. Right. <laughs> yeah, Hackleman's. That's <laughs> yeah, great. Do that. YouTube, John yeah. Hackleman has some great stuff with wheelbarrows and. Oh and yeah, yeah, he was great. Rocks, man. He is great, man. I think he's a great teacher. Oh he yeah. All this instructional stuff now. Did, did, um, did you know that Chuck Liddell had an off-the-chart IQ and was given a scholarship to MIT and where the hell else? Caltech. No way! I know he went to yeah. Cal Poly and wrestled. I think. Oh yeah, no, no, he was a he's a he was a brainiac. Uh, they changed the whole game by inventing oh, the sprawl. Yeah, they invented the sprawl. That changed everything. Up until then, it was all assumed. Oh, you know, you're going to get taken down by the jujitsu guy, and they were like, uh, "No, you don't. You can go the whole match and not get taken down. Here's how." Yeah. And they started sprawling, and then that changed everything. All of a sudden, the jujitsu guys couldn't take everybody down, and yeah. they started he's getting punched out. Yeah. The sprawl. Anyway, we don't want to get on the sprawl. No, I think he's got some great stuff, though, especially self-defense. I think the chink in their armor is they purposely ignore absolute strength. They have the... the no question. The they have the strength. And I tell them, it's, it's so simple to counter. I said, boys, if absolute strength didn't matter, you wouldn't need weight classes. Yeah, I mean, it definitely matters. That's right. That's why, why do you guys have weight classes? Yeah. Why? There's only one reason, size and strength. Yeah. That's the only reason. A good big man will beat a good little man. Okay? That's yeah. because he's bigger and stronger. So why don't we let make you guys bigger and stronger? Yeah, I don't know why there's a even a debate about it. They say they don't need it. Oh, we don't need that kind of strength. That's very flippant. Well, somebody's going to come along who's going to yeah. be a muscled-up little fucking monster and have all the skills, and he's going to change the game. He's going to be like Tyson. Right when Tyson came along in boxing, Tyson was a little power lifter. Yeah, short five, five eleven, two hundred and fifteen pound guy is knocking that out of guys. How is that possible? Because he was so powerful. Yeah. It was his power. He was unbelievably power. They couldn't take his punches. He'd knock you down with a punch in the gut. Right. Yep. But he also had the conditioning when he was young, when he was doing the side to side stuff, when he was with. Uh, because. Cuss back in the days, in the good days, you know, and Kevin and, and all the good trainers, and he was doing his homework. He was unbeatable. It would have been the greatest of all Re time. Remember when everybody would get together, they'd do the pay-per-view, you'd have 50 people in the room, you're ready to have a big party, you know, because Tyson's going to come on. <laughs> and all this anticipation, you know, for the past week, yeah, we're yep. going to see Tyson fight. He comes out, he comes running out. And yeah. knocks the guy out. Boom! It's done in like uh, yeah. ten seconds, and you're like, "Oh, what the hell?" It? it was still worth it. Seeing it was it. still worth it because it's just if the guy was an animal. I mean, yeah. I exactly. never saw, saw anything like it. 
exactly. He got against the uh, bully crusher Hollyfield. That was a whole different story. But uh, yeah, he was. I loved him, and then I, you know, I was because it was just so violent and so explosive. It was like my Rottweiler going at the after the vet one day, and I was like, I grabbed her, and then I was like, God dang, that was explosive! <laughs> Look at that. Shit. They have up that one quick Tyson story. Then we got to get we got to go. Uh, but Butch Lewis, he used to be the promoter. He used to wear the tuxedo without a shirt. Remember him? Yes. Yes. Anyway, he was handling Michael Spinks, and the the uh, managers would go to the opponent's dressing room to see him get their hands wrapped. Right. Yeah. So Butch Lewis is managing Michael Spinks. He goes to Tyson's dressing room, and when he leaves, Spinks Spinks is on. He says Michael's on the floor praying to God. He said, "I went into Tyson's dressing room." He says. He said, the man is punching holes in the wall with bare fist. <laughs> he said, I knew right then we had lost the fight. It was going to be a massacre. We were in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> my, man is, my man is back in the room praying to Jesus. This man is in knocking holes in the wall with bare fist. He, he, was, he was like the Kurt Kowalski of boxing. <laughs> yeah, or the Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, there's so, yeah Kirk, had a little, Kirk had that. Uh, Kirk and Tyson are the same age. Oh, yeah. Same age. So, anyway, let's, um, uh, let's wrap up what we were talking about. Cause we could well, talk you know, about that and how to put it in your program. You know, if you're dependent well, on, you know. Or any martial art that involves some kind of heavy-duty conditioning. Right, exactly. So, um, you know, you got you to gotta be conscious. Like Marty was saying, you can't starve. You got, you got to be able to have the protein in. You got to be really super conscious. If you have to double up a heavy weight day and a heavy Muay Thai or Jiu-Jitsu day because you have to, that's when the class is offered. Um, well, then you got to really focus on your recovery, and that's your uh, your nutrition and your and your sleep and your rest. Um, but if you you can afford to do it on your off days, that's what I would think. Especially morning training, I would love. And you got the whole day to recover, and then you got another sleep before you lift again. Yep. Um, so yeah, you can you just got to put it in lifestyle. Also, also morning training can take advantage of the you know the the fasted status to burn off. Right. So you know, I was just thinking if 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 you had described someone who had the type of strength that we're looking for, the type of get out of bed strength, the type of ready for anything strength, and I know a guy, this special forces guy we know, he can uh, de uh, deadlift over five hundred, squat over five hundred, got screwed up shoulders, so we ain't talking about that. Is a Muay Thai death machine and is a black belt in jujitsu. Yeah. That's the dude, man. And oh yeah. Yeah, well, I knew um, I knew one of those boys who um, had gone to California and uh, you know, they were doing something, and he came back and he said, "Yeah," he said, "I got uh, talked into running a half marathon." He said they were ha holding it in town at the time. I didn't try. I, you know, they some people they said, "Come on, just enter." So he entered. He said, "I said, well, how'd you do?" He said, oh, "I sucked." I said, "Oh, okay." <laughs> His buddy said, "Yeah, out of." Five four hundred eighty-six entries. He finished twelfth. Mm -hmm. Oh shit! Yeah, right. And he hadn't trained. And he hadn't trained for it. Yeah, he just so, entered that day and was like drinking beer while he was doing it. Right. And right. Just, all like, guts. All guts. Yeah, he, said, he said, "I sucked." I see. Finished twelfth. <laughs> What's yeah. uh? And Jim, you started at the beginning of the the show talking about the the hospital thing, which I that guy must have been nuts. I don't get that, but um. What's one situation each of us has been in where we had to kind of be ready yeah. for anything and our strength has, has really helped us? Oh, man. Oh, man. What's the statue? 
notifications on stuff. I don't even. Don't put me on the spot like this, man. I don't know. Well, you tell me. You must have something in mind. Marty, you tell well, this is what Jim wanted to talk about. I figured he had a uh, road rage incident or something oh, like I that. Had one today. Guy cut me off literally, you know, twelve inches from hitting me. Cut me off, and I would call him everything but his mother, mother's son, and he wouldn't stop. He wouldn't. He wouldn't turn around. I was. Me and my dog were both enraged, man. We were both oh, enraged. Yeah. Have you ever had to get out of the car, though? I mean, yeah, sometimes. But I, I, so I, I cut this guy off. This is funny because it's not, doesn't <laughs> Oh, end. so this is your fault. I don't end in jail. No, this, so I cut this guy off, and I was like, put my hands up like, oh, I'm really sorry. And he circled around me, and, and it was in the parking lot, and uh, was cuss- was yelling at me. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, we're not doing this. I was a little younger, so I was a little stupid. So I find where he goes, and I pull up next to him and get out. It's he and his girlfriend, right? So I know I don't want to – and he's a little younger and a lot skinnier. And yeah. And uh, I knew I didn't want to throw the first punch, right? She's filming me, too. Oh, I didn't God, want to yeah. throw the first punch. I wanted to make him throw the first punch or who's spit film, on me. Who's filming you? His girlfriend took out her uh, phone and started doing it. So okay. anyway – I start saying the, anything I can say to this guy to get him inflamed enough to throw a punch at me. I, I was talking about his girlfriend, his family. I was talking about, I couldn't get this guy. God, you're him. mean. <laughs> what do you mean, man? You're mean. You, you, have, you, no, uh, you have no, you have no. I said, how about, his girlfriend? how about your girlfriend just come home with me right now? She, you're not a man. Uh, so, let's go. You sound like David Lee Roth. <laughs> yeah. And I had on assless chaps at the time. no wonder the guy was so pissed off (laughs) well i probably been you know so then what happened that was it like you know what honestly i ran out of stuff i was like your grandmother does this he wouldn't do it huh he wouldn't do nothing i was like all right man well what we you know i was just out of there but i've had situations (laughs) that escalated uh, you know i got into a uh i got into a hit and run situation one time so me and my buddy, let's for the sake of the conversation, call him Blair. Um, it was it was a rainy day. We're going down the street and we're and we're rainy stopped at a light. Huh? Oh, uh, nothing. Rainy night in Georgia. That's all. So so we're sitting at a light and uh, bam! All of a sudden we get nailed from behind and we were in. I, I was in this little Tercel, Toyota Tercel at the time. This is way back. <clears throat> and I was like, holy crap, man. I mean, our heads went forward and and uh, lurched forward, and my car stalled out. It was it was a it was a hard hit. Right. So I start my car, and 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 so I go, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull over here. The guy's gonna pull over, and we'll get out and exchange information. I, you know, I'm expecting the whole trunk of my car to look like an accordion, you know. Yeah. So, the guy goes around us and takes off. I'm like. Well, that's not going to happen. So here we go. We're in hot pursuit. And uh, guys weaving in and out of uh, residential streets. And, and finally, when he figured he couldn't shake me, he pulls over. And him and his his pal get out like they're going to whoop some ass, right? And so this is, you know, I'm in my mid-20s. I'm like in my prime. So I've been, been lifting for quite some time. I'm a pretty big muscular guy, strong. So I get out. And they just kind of stop, and and I was pissed. I go, look, man, and still hadn't I hadn't seen the back of my Did car. Did you take your glasses off? Did you take your glasses off? 
I, I wasn't wearing glasses at the time. Hey, I, you had that old move. You take your glasses off, and that means you're serious. Go ahead. Yeah. I would have added I that. took the cigar out of my mouth, too. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so I go, look, man, because I, I still hadn't seen my car. I thought my whole car was smashed in the back, and I was pissed. So I go, look, I want to see your license, your registration, everything. He couldn't provide anything, and I'm just getting pissed. And and I'm going, okay, I'm going to call the police or do something. And he goes, uh, he goes, oh, I don't, I don't live too far from here. Take me, you know, I'll, I'll go. To, uh, follow me to the house, and I'll give you some money. Our story. And I'm like, do you think I'm going to fall for that one? You're probably going to shoot me or something when I get there. So finally, I go, you know what? Okay, let's go to your house. Uh-oh. You give me some money. And then we'll we'll call it even. So I said, get in my car. And this is a two-door Tercel, right? Yeah. So reluctantly, the guy gets in the back of my car. Oh, jeez. And I go forward 10 feet. And the guy starts going wild. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, okay, the police station is right down the street. That's where I'm going. I'm taking it right there. We left his buddy behind. His buddy's with the car. Yeah. So ten feet into it, he starts going wild, like hitting like a you? wild boar in the back seat, right? And like, he can't get you, out. Oh, he's trying to get out. Yeah, he he can't get out because it's it's a two door. So he's got to crawl over me. He starts trying to crawl over me between me and my buddy, and oh, get out and reach for the door. And I said, "Well, that's not happening." So right. what I had to do was I, I took my right hand and I took him by the neck and I pinned him up against the ceiling. So we're drifting down the street. I got this guy pinned into the ceiling of my car. Yeah. So I'm like, now what? So I go, look, I got to get this guy out of my car. So I take him, I, I take a hold of him and I open the door and I, I drag him out <clears throat> and I get situated. I got the guy in a headlock and I look at my car, and it's rolling down the street, and my buddy is seatbelted into the car, just looking straight ahead. And I started laughing my ass off because the the sight of this whole thing. He's just, it's just my car is drifting down the street. Finally, he gets the wherewithal to to hit the e brake and stop the car. My door's still open, so I have this guy like captured, right? He's going hog wild. And I told my buddy, I said, just call the cops, man. This guy's going crazy. And um, and then I looked down, my, it was a rainy day, and I looked down, my wedding ring is gone. I'm like, oh, my God, now what? So it, it had flown off of my finger. Uh, so I tell my buddy, I go, look for this ring. I'm like, I don't know what's going on with this ring. It's gone. It's My wife's going to kill me. So I happened to spot it on the other side of this uh, sta- this um, uh, chain link fence. So my buddy hopped over and got it. But I held, I had to help hold the guy there until the cops got there. But God, that guy was really a, a he just gave up. This was like a scene. Yeah, this was like a scene out of a movie. My buddy and I still talk about it and laugh. But um, had I now this was in my twenties. Now had I had that situation today, I wouldn't have done that, you know, uh, putting the guy in the back of my car and, uh, and transporting him to the, the PD, (laughs) but you know, back in those days, you know, you think differently and you're full of testosterone and and all that. But that was kind of one of my stories about being ready for anything. So that in that situation, my strength helped me. 
yep. uh, at least contain the guy inside my vehicle. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I know Marty's got a story. No, there's no way I could top that. <laughs> what else? It is a wild story, but that's what happened. Yeah. All yeah. Right. So you got to be ready for everything. You do. That's it. You do. Anyway, so... it's fun to train like that, too. One of my funnest drills I used to do, most fun drills, I'd go in the shed back here in my house, and I'd shut the door during a, you know, like a real humid summer day, and I got a bob in there, that, you know, that lifelike heavy bag, and, and do... Uh, I would do 30 seconds on of punches and 30 seconds of hammer curls. 30 seconds on of punches, 30 seconds of hammer curls. You know, you do 10 rounds or something like that, dude, you are smoked. I mean, done. Oh, yeah. And stagger over to the, to the hose and, you know, put the cold water in. I love that feeling of, uh, of where you're, everything's just burning and you're pushing and you're, you know, and that, that heat and all that. You know, some, I swear, just working outside, you know, when I was a kid, I, was, I learned to love that Maryland humidity. I just love that, you know. And we'll, uh, do it, we'll do it again. Yeah, that's that's what I'm. What's up? Your home. Put a put a bob in your damn shed or your. Garage. No, that's what I do now. That, that's yeah, what I'm saying. saying. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Yeah, no need no need to abandon that. No, I, you know <laughs> I couldn't. I kept, you know I had to stop punching a heavy bag. It was it was destroying my shoulders for benching. Yeah, I remember you saying that. That's that's probably because it was a canvas one. Yeah, too much jamming. It was yeah. destroying my knuckles. I mean, I was starting to get my like crunching noises in my my knuckles. <laughs> I used to go out in in Maryland. I yes. in Maryland. I found this old canvas bag, this heavy <laughs> bag in a barn. Yeah, you can't do canvas. And it was stuffed with rags. It wasn't even you know. What are we? What's the subject? What are we talking about today? What is going uh, on? What are we just? What are we talking about? This well, is right conditioning. Now, I'm back to training for. Uh, uh, conditioning in terms of what? Talking about getting ready for anything. Getting or, ready for anything. Rolling life. out of bed strength. And what percentage you have that available. You have to break that out. So you can like do stuff training. like punch heavy bags. You can do those are drills. That's part of it. Right. It has to be a has to be a, a, a broad based conglomeration. No question. That's what I was right. covering in that article. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, but read we, that article. That article is up. Which, it's under which, Jim Steele under our articles. What was your section. conclusion, Jim? Did you have a? Was there a? Yeah. a, a you know how to do that thing? The hybrid program. You got to have plyos, Olympic lifts, power lifts, and some some uh, hypertrophy training, Muay Thai. Um, got to have some type of stand up. I like jujitsu a whole lot. Not. I'm not as familiar with it, so I, I know how good Muay Thai is. Um, and then how to do the anaerobic conditioning, anaerobic threshold conditioning with the sprints and, and uh, intervals. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. If you want to be ready for anything, you got to cover everything, right? Yeah. yeah. So you have to be in a situation where you've got time, you've got the situation, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, if you're smart with your – and it depends on how important it is to you. That's yes. for sure, yeah. Yes. When do you trip? JP, you're an early morning guy, right? Yeah. Are you doing anything other than weight training? Yeah, I'm doing uh, I'm doing hit training on the fan bike. Oh yeah. Uh, how's, that, how's that work? Now that now that now that would be perfect with what, for what we're talking about. Well, <clears throat> listen, I, I've I've talked about it before. I'm not a huge fan of cardio, at least on, on cardio machines, aka 
treadmills, bikes, and things like that. Because to me, you're just sitting there. I'm going, oh my god, I could be doing 500 other things, and then and, and the clock moves so slowly. But on, on hit training on the fan bike, it more parallels what we do in the gym. We go all out for 20 seconds or whatever, and then we rest, and then we go all out again. So to me, it parallels the weight training. And I'll tell you, there's no sitting there looking at the clock, wishing that it was was going faster. Because when you're when you're on your your break, you know, after you go all out for 20 seconds and you take your two minute break, you're going wait slow down clock because I haven't recovered yet. I still need to get my, my oxygen back. Right. And, um, and it goes very fast. And I'll tell you what, by the end of that, you are so gassed out and, um, it's well, really how long, helped how long, me. Are you, how long are you going for? How I'm doing, what I'm doing is six rounds of, of 20 seconds all out of the family. Um, so t- so Don't you say you rest like ten minutes or something between? Well, the... do I rest ten minutes? No. What did you say? It was a rest period. No, it's, it's two minutes. This is a gasser. So twelve. So twelve. I don't know. The whole thing takes like fifteen. Oh, yeah, I mean, minutes. You tell me. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Fifteen. This is a very yeah. short, intense. I like that. But I'll tell you what, man. After I'm just totally gassed out, and it's, and I'm not used to to cardio because I've, I've never really liked it. I've just, you know, been more of a, a weight trainer and neglected the, the cardio. But for me, I mean, I've seen such big improvements and, and I mean, you know, not to mention getting leaner and all that, but I mean, you know, when I, when I go do a, tr- do a uh, hill up in the mountains or whatever, something that used to kill me is now pretty, pretty easy. So it's, yeah, it's called cardio, cardiovascular fitness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but I highly recommend that type of training for people that yeah. just don't like to sit on the bike for a half hour and just sit there and watch and the time go by. We worked out, I've got an article, we worked out an entire fan bike protocol where the thing that we love about fan bike, in addition to being arms and legs, is you can also go backwards. <clears throat> so now you've got, you just doubled everything you can do forwards. I had it broken down. I was doing arms only, putting my feet in the pegs. I was doing legs only. Right. Uh, again, forwards and backwards. I was doing one arm. You have a, a watt a wattage meter on that bike. I had a I had a wattage PR. Like I'd have a wattage PR for going forward arms only. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like all right, here we go. And I'm, you know, maybe it was whatever, 42. So I'm trying to break to 43, right? And I figured I had 19 different separate records that I could work at on that fan bike that went forward and backwards and had arms and legs. So it was very cool. You could kill yourself in 20 minutes. And that is a great article that you did. I mean, it's a huge article. It's a multi-part article, if I remember. It's on Dragon Door, I think, uh, for anybody that wants to look at it. Um, but you, you incorporate, you understand the value of four-limb cardio because you were friends with Dr. Len Swartz, yeah. uh, inventor of the heavy hands back in the day, back in, I guess it was the 80s. 80s, yeah. And, boy, he, he was a doctor. He used to do a lot of studies on himself with doing four-limb cardio. And yep. uh, it's definitely the superior way to do cardio, but um, and and interval you can it's a it's a very safe way to do interval training. Oh, also you can stand up, 
So in a, you can sit down and you can also set PRs when you're standing up, right? Because you can really, really go when you're standing up and pedaling as fast as you can, both forwards and backwards. Right. So. Yeah. We, and, you know, the we, resistance is, uh, is is pretty good on those things. Oh, you can. It's adjustable, right? You can you can make it as hard as you want it. Uh, uh, the, thing, the thing that we like about the about that the fan bike that you're using is it's so industrial strength. Yeah, it's you know, uh, stands up to a big guy like you, and you're well, like, you a, know, the one I use is by Spirit Fitness. Yeah, the one I I sell is I, I sell multiple. I sell the the Assault. The one I have is Assault, the, the like AB nine hundred. I think it's called uh, by Spirit Fitness, which I also sell to the government. It's a heavy-duty bike, man. The, the weight capacity is 350, and I'm telling you, when I started, I was 290, and I used to just rip that thing up. And I mean, it's it's solid under a guy going all out. That's 290. So that's uh, we'll put a picture of that thing up. We'll, we'll let's do something on that. <clears throat> put, yeah. uh, feature that, not we'll we'll write something up on that. That's that's something that that's. Uh, one of the lone cardio pieces of equipment. I always had the old Schwinn, I still do, the Schwinn Aerodyne, mm-hmm. the original, which is like like a Panzer tank. I mean, it's almost impossible. I still have the same one I've had for, I don't know, 30 years, whatever. Uh, and I think it gets abused, and it, it's still, we haven't done anything to it. But again, the whole idea, the, the sprint interval, uh, type of cardio, as you said, JP, it's the perfect complement for hardcore progressive resistance training. It's right. what we do. We burst, we go all out in a set, and then we rest. Right. It's, That's it's, what we do. That's yeah, what you it's, do it's, in burst cardio. You go all out, and then you rest. And it's real easy to weave into your your program because of that, because you're already familiar with that type of um you know, that, that type of, uh, training. I will allow myself when I, when I go to, to the forum, if I will allow myself to do either burst or steady state. Mm-hmm. And I have a, I have a, a, a route that I do. It takes 40 minutes <clears throat> and I can run that at, and I try to beat that 40 minute time. I try to improve that personal record or I can do my 10, eight to 10 sprints all out my choice at that time if i feel really good i'll do my eight to ten sprints and then run a little more you know you ever seen a bear when you're on those trails don't see the bear see foxes uh see a lot of deer deer all the time yeah. uh what else i don't know some other wild oh cranes cranes stuff like that if you yeah. ever get up here you know uh pennsylvania is right next to new jersey dude you're like five hours from me no i'm not i'm two i'm 2.5 hours from yeah. now as long as you don't say when we go to the one uh, religious farm, hey, don't say nothing bad to these girls. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which I said the last time. Well, he, he's like, make, he's like, he's like flirting with every female we come in contact <laughs> with. And like, that's not. It was that's before not we even got there. <laughs> he's like, he's like, hey, 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 what's going on? What do you do for fun around here, uh, Mennonite gal? And I'm like, hey, man. Like these, milk these people have shotguns. Yeah. <laughs> All right, listen. This is like way out of topic and out of line and yeah, probably illegal you, too. You lived up here. I know you I know where you guys are at. I know what's going on. 
you are one of those people. <laughs> All right, listen. I, I got one other thing to say, and it's uh, don't miss the purposeful primitive squat and deadlift seminar with Marty yeah. Gallagher, Jim Steele, and Kurt Kowalski sure. coming up Saturday the twenty uh, Saturday October twenty sixth, yep. two thousand nineteen at Cross. Yeah, so you got people teaching you who who are uh, so my best deadlift in a meet seven forty. What's yours, Marty? Seven four four. and then seven seventy seven. He's pulled eight twenty. So, I mean, you can't get, you know, up to those numbers without some, some knowledge, you know what I mean? So we'll help you out. You'll, you'll really help. No, and you guys are training at the absolute best in the world. Yeah. And so the credentials you have, the, the overall credentials you guys have is off the charts. So, I mean, if you really want to learn these, these uh, you know, techniques and tactics, go see these guys. I mean, it's going to be at CrossFit Concepts in, in uh, Gaithersburg, Maryland. And Which for is, more information, uh, that's in suburban DC. It's a great location. It's right off the uh, uh, subway and the metro. It's right off the metro, and uh, there's it's great easy. hotels right around there. And again, we're uh, this is a workshop. You're going to get hands-on attention from well, world champions, world record holders. That's that's for damn sure. And and we have a definitive strategy about doing this. We have five variations in the squat five variations in the deadlift. They're all sequential. They build upon one another. It's a system that was handed down to me by my world champion mentors, and I used it, and uh, we've passed it along to uh, the elite love us. (laughs) We just have a hard time getting traction with the general public. I think we're a little too plain vanilla. That might be part of it, but there are some delicious flavors of vanilla, you know? You know what I think, honestly, is people look at this and go, no, that can't be that easy. Uh, There's got to be more. I have to do more volume. I have to do, you know, and it becomes confusing because of all the the information that's out there. But look at the credentials. Look at what you guys have accomplished. That's what you want to look at because that speaks volumes and that's proof. That's results. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's no big deal for us to get results. The system has proven itself. It's just whether or not the, the, the individual adheres to the system in the way that it's supposed to be. Anybody who adheres to it gets results. It's cause and effect. Yeah. And my big thing is that, that technical aspect of it, we can see somebody where their pressure is on their foot when they're squatting, we can change that, you know, the width of their stance. You're doing 50 more pounds and you're like, I know I just didn't get that strong, that much stronger that fast. It was a technical thing, you know? Absolutely. That's a technical efficiency. So, again, uh, if you're serious about improving, uh, you, you really should show up. And, again, it's for all levels. It's not, not for the elite. The same methods that we use for the, the best in the world are the methods that we use for the stone-cold beginners because those are the methods that work. We, you have to adjust the payload. You have to adjust the, the techniques but the exercises, the strategies are the same. Well, the thing that I want to make clear, too, is it's not just the immediate um, strength gains and muscle gains and all that. Yeah, that's what, absolutely what you're going to get. But this is a big-picture thing. This is a long-term thing. You get your techniques dialed in and you know your form and everything. Uh, your back's not going to be all screwed up you know, right. in, in your 40s, 50s, 60s. 
your knees are, are not going to be all banged up. So get that technique. If you're going to lift heavy, get that technique dialed in. That's the absolute most important thing. Otherwise, you're going to... What use is, is all this if, you know, you can't even get up and walk around in your, yeah. in your 40s and 50s? Who cares? Right. You know, so that's very important. Yep. Um, so for more information on that, you can go to the Iron Company Facebook page or the Functional Strength Facebook page. Uh, we've got all kinds of information on there. And uh, check out Marty's weekly column and podcast, Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. Also pick up uh, one of Marty's books, Purposeful Primitive and Strong Medicine at Iron Company. We've got both of those on there. And if you're in need of any gym equipment from free weights to machines to cardio to any kinds of uh, gym flooring, turf, anything, come pay us a visit at Iron Company. And finally, new Jim Steele articles can be found in our articles oh, cool. section. There's a drop down, and you'll see Jim Steele. Click on that; you'll see his what, uh, latest article. What, that we're it on? Oh, is it? Is that? Is that the latest? That's the one yeah. we were talking about today. Oh, okay. Yeah, Great. ready for anything. And then uh, you can also check out his website, Bass Barbell, and that's one S B A S B A R B E L L dot com for training motivation and programs jim anything new going on on your website that you want to alert people to no i just write a column every couple of weeks and uh you know the online training information's on there also yeah and both you guys are are available for online coaching or seminars anything like that yeah oh yeah yeah so, serious we work yeah. with everybody and get results for all levels that's right so also uh jp if if you could send me the information on uh, the bike that you use, I would. Uh, I want to work something up on that. I think that this the concept that we need to resurrect. Okay. And cool. we'll, we'll get get the thing that you know. I send me your the the workout regimen that you're using. Okay, you got okay? it. Great. All right, guys. Great. All Talk right. to you next time. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye.